welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but them views, they are amazing. What up, what up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, back in the cast, and I got my man BJ here. What's going on, sir? All good, baby. Let's rock and roll. Ready to rock and roll. El Fresh Dente, what's happening? Another beautiful day in Zamunda. Uh, clearing my throat, coronavirus free. We out here, baby. Let's go. So he says. Ain't no so I say, so I know. Don't uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> man, about to make me jump out the screen. <laughs> Ain't man, no ifs and buts about that. You walk around anywhere, you start coughing. I got I got legit allergies, and people always looking sideways like, where you been? You know, I've been traveling <laughs> back and forth, flying to St. Louis and such. Yeah, just not I a saw good look. funny meme that um had um Lawrence Fishburne as Ike and it said that how everybody looks at you uh whenever you cough right now because everybody's looking at you like you look a little suspect, yo. So, That's true. Yeah, yeah man. Don't be, don't be pushing out on nobody. Uh y'all stay uh Free and in, in, in um coronavirus uh, uh un, un, untapped I guess is 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 yeah, Wash your hands. That's there the you go. We can do. You heated. Well, side note, I hear that we are um you know some of the chosen ones uh, as always. As I'm, I'm hearing that melanated people are um, a little less likely to have issues with it. So I'm hoping that uh, that talk is true and and you know just blessed to be melanated as always. Absolutely. I saw some earlier today come through about only like three cases in the whole continent of uh, Africa versus, you know, Italy, France, China, the U.S. is just up and coming. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm loving the background, though, bro. Nice. Uh, you know, nice shouts to my mom. You know, she said she wanted to throw some thoughts on this thing. So you <laughs> can't um, complain when your mom says she has an idea. You just go ahead and run with it. So, you know, I guess Actually, your mom. Black your mom is super creative. Fresh style. Shout out Mama Fresh. There it is. <laughs> All right. What's going on, sir? Uh, today was an awesome day. Emotional roller coaster on all things to talk about later on when time comes, but it was good. Um, yeah, nothing bad, just a whole roller coaster of emotions today. Mm -hmm. Tax time, got your receipts ready and everything. Yeah, that is, this is becoming tedious, and I wish I would have put them in as they were coming in, but when you're in the motion of doing things, you go, all right, I'll take care of tomorrow. And tomorrow was December. And it is now March. So I'm off of work for, for the week. So I said today I was going to put in as much as I could. Um, I took a little break midday and now I'm back. So between today and tomorrow, I'm going to finish inputting numbers. And then the hard part is scanning all this stuff in for pictures and labeling them where they are, the amount. That's going to be the annoying part. So uh, we'll see what they count once. Hopefully it's not too detailed. I can just get a picture on a piece of paper and get like four or five of them together and just send it that way. Um, no fear of auditing because I have all the receipts I need and I'll give them some saying here, but it's just tedious. Tedious work to be a business owner. Entrepreneurship is not easy <laughs> in the background. This is very true. One of the things <laughs> as an entrepreneur you have to learn to do is to push through the tedious tasks. It is so hard, so hard. 
Not for the faint of heart. I got to get with you, Art, man, because uh, I was just in Philly uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm going to be uh, up there a lot more often over the summer, new hotel, casino job. So I need to know, you know, what to get into, what to eat, and things of that nature while I'm up there. All cheesesteaks. <laughs> no, you are, you are good. Messing with. Uh, the two <laughs> that are like the popular chains that are right across the street from each other. Dude, don't, don't go nobody, there. Yeah. First of all, I've already been. been. That's trash. Gym. Complete right. trash. Gyms and pats are garbage. Pats, I, yeah, pats. If you that that is like going to Times Square and getting pizza. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just no. Uh, so I'll tell you some good spots to go to. Where'd uh, you bring me the one from uh, in college? I, I used to make art bring me one back. That was in my in my neighborhood uh, in, no. in South Philly. It was not it was not one of the big brands. It was a regular you know, yeah, spot you go to. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. So I got you. I guess you need protection. I got you protection too. Well, There's people on. over I there. I got two that I'm a vet right now. So my uh, my daughter's taekwondo uh, master. He sent me one. He sent me two of them. Pagano's and uh-huh. Max's are the two that he suggested. They're two good ones. Yeah, they're okay. two good ones. And one more by Temple. I got the name of it, but it's on Broad Street. Um, and that's the one that uh, Kevin Hart like really really put on blast. But before then, it was good. Now it's getting overpriced, but it's still real good. Like they, they got some good stuff in there. Um, it's always the line, especially in the summertime where you can sit outside and eat mm. or enjoy it. I got you though. Tell me when you're ready. I'll, I'll give you a list of things to do, especially like restaurants and places just to go and do. I got you. Easy. And last, but certainly not least, Coach K with the technical difficulties. But you're here. You made it. I ain't happy about it, but yeah. <laughs> it is written all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, that energy. What's up, man? Why you so I mean, I understand. You know, it's 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 the computer going down at the most opportune time, as they always yeah. do. Yeah, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this. Now, mm-hmm. now I'm gonna ask you a question since you don't have time for it now. Then you get a warning shot like a week or two ago. Yeah, it still started up though. Finally, I mean, eventually. Did it do all of that though? No, I didn't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the warning shot. And that's the only device yeah. in the house. Nah, man. When you got a Mac Air, but you know the Air doesn't have yeah. attachments. Mm-hmm. Well, you got your AirPods. You good to go? Listen, I gotta say the the clarity in your phone right now, right, is way better than the computer. For the picture. So if you're on YouTube right now looking at this, you're like, wow, I can actually see really clear. Okay, looks. I, I don't, uh, maybe, I guess. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there, there is no silver line. Let's move on with this. <laughs> move on to the topic of the day, man. Let's get right into it, gentlemen. So we here, uh, we just wrapped up Black History Month, and I wanted to close out with this topic, but had some te- technical difficulties, busy weeks, uh, closing out projects and all personal items. But we're here today and we want to get into the state of the black male uh, from our perspective on it. We, uh, we mentioned it or mentioned we talked around it. Uh, episode 131, um, you know, around the Barack Obama state of the, the current Negro and things of that nature. Um, but when I when I look at where we are today, um, in relation to where we were like 50 years ago or even a co- only a couple of de- decades ago. Um, and the reason I go back that far is because I started listening to uh, one of Dr. King's books, uh, Where Do We Go From Here? 
And he has this whole plan and outline of how we go from, you know, where, where they currently were in civil rights movement to progressive, you know, actual equal rights and, you know, moving the community forward or black people as a whole and, you know, the whole roadmap to doing that. Um, but the male influence, you know, very pivotal, pivotal part of that. And I think, you know, through history, you know, we've had a very, very rough go um, within the U.S. So really want to get you guys perspective of where you see that uh, today. Um, and when I think about the state of the black male, a few different things come to mind. Um, and this is based on my experiences, the people that I have to, I happen to be uh, in circles with. Um, so it may be varying across the, the spectrum. But one of the first things that comes to mind for me is, uh, is, is maturation, um, the maturation process. Uh, I was talking about it, you know, with a friend over the weekend. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, we all go through it at different points in time. But us as, as black males, you know, when we finally get to that point where things start to click, um, you know, whether it be a huge event or just being tired of whatever the status quo or, you know, being subjected to the stereotypical um, outlook of society on what your persona is supposed to be or how you're supposed to look, you know, something clicks and then we just start moving the needle forward. And then that self-actualization or self-realization, you know, be becomes self-actualization. And I think that's where a lot of us, or at least a lot of the people that I come into contact with, and even myself to a certain degree, that self-realization piece, um, you know, really knowing who you are, where you come from, um, your ethnic lines and everything that you're capable of, and then turning that into actualization, um, you know, not only for, you know, your immediate families and such, uh, but for the community at large. Um, I think we own, we are coming into owning a larger piece of that uh, responsibility. Um, that, you know, some will say, you know, the black female has carried for such a time. Um, but I think we are, we are um, optimistic in owning that, uh, that responsibility and, and coming to the forefront of those, of, of those things. I think that right now, you're able to see more. So I think at this point in time, where we are now, we're starting to use um, all of our outlets, social media outlets. We have our own papers now, magazines uh, that are more centralized around the politicizing, the socializing, the wealth aspect. It's not just beauty, fashion. Um, we're showing a lot more uh, for everyone to read and see. And it's, it's coming in as raw data. So it's not being filtered. I think that's what's allowing many people to get together and to. Um, kind of merge those minds and meet up. And then you also have more ability to actually connect with each other without being one place. You can organize and communicate and share action plans um, across the U.S., across internationally and pull because um, it's all available for you. So that's what I think has been helping uh, further your point in your mindset amongst uh, you know, the black male or just the black female in general. Um, our culture, our ability to see things as they are has been pretty awesome. Yeah, I also think um, it's an interesting time right now because I feel like we're starting to get to that moment where younger and older generations are starting to actually talk to each other and, and 
older generations are looking to reach down, but uh, younger generations are actually being receiving of, of the, 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 the reach up, right? And there's like this opportunity now. Um, I just watched Voice the Five Nine, um, where he was doing an interview, I believe, on Ebro in the morning. Um, but he was talking about that exact thing where he's like available and wants to be, understands the importance of being able to, uh, you know, provide those gems and, and advice to younger generations in the, the, they are in a moment where they're actually starting to be receptive and to, to not be so um, stubborn and in the, the moment of, you know, thinking that they know everything. So I think that's a real interesting um, opportunity that we sit in, in, in the growth in, in really what can be gained from it is going to be uh, really amazing. Yeah, I agree, man. I was listening to, um, I saw a clip Chris sent um, with Master P on the Breakfast Club. Uh, I guess that was, you know, this week sometime. And one of the, although his topic of discussion was, you know, completely different, but one of the things that I got from him, especially Master P being an OG in the game, was how much of an example he's trying to be, you know, at this point, because, you know, if you follow him, you know, you know, the ice cream man and ghetto D where he comes from, but you know, that's not the person that, you know, he has lived up. That's not all when it comes to him and his being, you know, he's tried to be a, a great example for his son. And I think um, that that's a, that's a huge piece of it being of higher minds and not letting our circumstances or current, you know, surroundings dictate how far our potential you know, uh, how far we can go within our potential and then rising above those influences and having a certain level of credibility with people who still are in those circumstances uh, currently. Well, I think we're, we're in that time, right, where a lot of, like, if you are considering Master P, for instance, just an artist, just a, a musician, you are doing yourself a huge disservice, right? He's an extremely intelligent businessman and looking at the things that he's done by way of how he's done them and what he's been able to do like this man is making ramen noodles right now he's got like hip-hop ramen noodles rap snacks is his like so many things outside of being the ice cream man but it's because we've had the time to watch these these um entrepreneurs who did those things back in the 80s and 90s right these hip-hop hip-hop entrepreneurs i don't even know how i want to say it but that now they've had the opportunity to progress through the music industry and then, um, you know, virally infuse themselves in other business areas because they all became wealthy. They all began to, you know, generate real wealth that allowed them to now expand into other opportunities, but also expose those other industries to the understanding that just because somebody has tattoos or um raps or you know did you know ever uh to survive when they were growing up that they still are intelligent businessmen um know how to you know execute amazing business strategies and ultimately make more money and so it's it's awesome again to be in this time where that opportunity is being able to be exposed and accepted because it's it's um rare that you even look back any other time in history where those type of like the, the people who made that type of impact had the, the opportunity to evolve through just being, you know, a musician or a, um, a, a sports uh, player, or, you know what I mean? Something where it's like, they're so typecasted when you get to see the full mm -hmm. growth of, of now people really getting in and branching out into other things and then not being um, 
urban, urbanized only whatever they do. That it's like, no, they are in all of culture, all of America, all of the world. That's another thing I love to see. Um, just the different appearances that we're able to do, uh, you know, bring on. So it's not like you have to be, you know, your, your cookie cutter, you know, um, you know, nice straight cut fade or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Shaved face anymore. We're able to express our own individuality, personality, and we have the confidence and opportunities to be able to do that as such, you know, especially with the advent of social media and, you know, just that true entrepreneurial spirit um, really taking hold amongst our group. We're able to go out and be who we are and be great at it in those respective spaces, irregardless of the typecast or stereotypical looks, you know what I'm saying? Like we can have bodies full of tattoos, full beards or locks as long as, you know, they, they're going to be, or, you know, the shortcuts with, um, you know, the, you, you can just be yourself, you know, where your, your natural hair, where you express your, your heritage or, or your urbanism, whatever it is, and not necessarily be called into question. You can thrive within an environment as such. I think that's one of the biggest gifts of the internet, right? Is the, um, exposure and the the um leveling of the playing field when people start to realize wait a minute just because you have gold teeth doesn't mean that you don't listen to britney spears you know what i mean like in in seeing this this crazy um what was the video i just posted i gotta uh look in but there's this new video that's going around where there is a bunch of black dudes in ski masks ak-47s bulletproof vests they're out in the country, got the choppers, but this guy is singing like this crazy, like country music song that he made. That it's it's beautiful to see the um, the freedom of of expression that's going on right now in the in the the being okay with no, I don't have to make uh, you know what is is uh, visually um, considered what I should make. Like that, they're just making what they feel. They are passionate about just doing what sounds and feels good to them, but that is um, seen across the board in all types of industries, right? Just the, the fact that, that people are able, like you said, able to go in the hair, go in the hair, go into a, a job with their locks. People aren't intimidated or, or feel um, violated by you having a beard or, or tattoos or anything like that. They're willing to uh, be accepting and understanding of what's on the inside as opposed to being fearful of face value um i was hoping bj was gonna jump in before me and and and, and say something from from close to my perspective because i really feel like i'm processing right now like <laughs> <laughs> right because i i feel we're way behind i i'd have to agree I feel it's tolerated. I don't think it's accepted yet. Well, I think it's tolerated because white males wanted to rock tattoos and white males wanted to have beards in the workplace. And therefore, they had to allow us to do the same in order to gain the right for them to do it. Um, I think because the, the clean uh, cut Disney look uh, is not what they want to go for now. So that's what allowed that for us. Um, I also think that 
we're way behind. And I think it's, it's a little interesting from our perspective because we're all relatively successful and run in successful circles. So we may see a, a, a more progressive black male than the average um, black male. And I think if you look at us as a whole, like what, what, where is the unity? Um, where is the leadership? I can't think of a, a grandstanding leadership or, or unity point past the million man marches. Um, if you think about it, what, what do we have as black males that brings us together on an annual basis? Um, if you think about black females, you could even say uh, Essence Music Festival is, is a celebration of black women and culture and all the things that they do. What do we have that's like that? Um, so I, I, I think we're still pretty fragmented. Um, I do agree with you guys that generation to generation, we're able to reach out to the younger generation a little bit because we've learned, right, from our generation and what the older folks did to us where they didn't really want to connect. They thought that we, we knew everything, um, that we didn't want feedback. So we know that that's not how we want it to be. So we can connect with the younger generation that's coming up behind us still. But I, I think there's still a significant gap and where we are compared to the black female and even some other minority groups. Um, I, I just, I just don't think we have that progression. We have people that are successful. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But then again, I think we've always had people that were successful. Right. But to say that overall, we're, we're about to turn a corner. I think we're a little bit more aware. Uh, we're a little bit more open to knowing that, the black male I see, no matter what city I'm in, he's probably going through something similar to me. But I don't think we've come together in, in, in a unity type thing to do something about that. Okay, I just want to make my own addendum that I, I wasn't trying to say that I think that like it's um, some even playing field or that I uh, feel that it was <clears throat> by any means, uh, you know, accepted in it. I was looking more at the progress and thinking more like how I feel about the last, say, five to 10 years. And if I feel that we are, in a sense, trying to move in a better direction, do I know, as we've discussed many times um, here, you know, for instance, uh, not as far as with Million Man March, but who are the, the, the leaders now? Who are the civil rights and, and people who are leading these movements currently? Who are those, those people who are trying to progress us as a people? We don't have them. They're not um, in, a, in a, a light that we get to see and are exposed to. So I definitely do yeah, and, agree and, and go ahead. I, I, I don't want it to be as a people. I just want it, the, the, the whole purpose of this episode was the state of the black male. So just as black males, we don't have, we don't have an agreed upon goal, agree, agreed upon values that we're trying to, to uphold. I, I think that's missing. Um, and I think some other minority groups, including black women, just women overall, I think there's some things that they've kind of unified around where they always know that they're kind of working towards. And even if they don't verbally come out and say it, you just know it. And for us, I don't, I don't know that we have that, that thing. 
Well, do you think it's always been because it's um, been the survival of the fittest mindset? And even though now it's, we are communicating more, there's still a mindset of, yeah, let me get in here, then maybe I'll bring you in later on uh, mindset, or you're still separating ourselves saying, okay, well, these guys are one group or one class of black males, next class of black males, and no, the bobcat black males. Is there a level where we can merge together? Because it did happen, but there is no face now. Everyone has their own uh, looking glass or class slope of seeing the picture where it was. And I think you're right. We need to have some kind of central focus uh, for it. I think that obviously financially is the first step because there's so much power um, that the black male spends and the money is being spent on, on so much that we can control narratives. If we just decide to pull what the, um, the, the Indian culture does or you know the Chinese culture or, or Asian culture do, where they actually pull together and say, we're going to do this and we're going to buy this community or whatever and work together and make it work and then we'll go from there. We are all still in the mindset of, well, I'm going to do this and I need my own space and I don't want to humble myself to be in a group. It's my, my, mine. Um, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I'm just looking looking at this from a larger view. I still see the my 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 when we can do us and go ahead. We'll we'll pull each other in kind of mindset. So um, I think just real quick. I I think the difference between us and everybody else you just mentioned is that the black male in America is still not looked at as the leader of his household, still not universally recognized as the leader of his household. Whereas in some of those other cultures. They are absolutely universally recognized as the leader of their households. Yep. And the communities. Well, let's go. We understand that there's a there's a lot of caveats or a lot of there's a lot that goes into that extenuating circumstances to that, right? Um, do you feel like you're the leader of your household? I do. I think each and every one of us, you know, on this podcast, you know, t would typically would, would say yes, right? Um, but I also think that there are, I think you have to define what that role looks like. And is it in a traditional sense? Is it a non-traditional sense? What do you, what, it, what dictates who the leader of the household is? And when we get, when we can, settle on that definition or even non-definition, I think we typically fall into buckets because leader of the household doesn't have to be the breadwinner. I'll never be that in my house. Well, I could be, maybe, but I don't potentially ever see that in my household. But Brett, um, I, hold on, hold on. I, I don't want you to go too far down that road because maybe leader of the household was the wrong, the wrong choice of words. Okay. I would say, I would say leader of our communities. Okay, so again, it's, it's, systemic it's a issues it's a, it's getting a in, in the way of that, right? And that's fair because, again, we've been pulled as the leader of our community. We've been pulled out of that role since the dawn of time in, in America, right? So the woman has typically been the voice of in the community um, all the way up until what I feel like now may be a changing of the guard. Um, you say that there's not a concerted effort. I can't really, I can't say that I can call on any particular leaders or individuals outside of certain entertainers who, who decide to be socially active 
Uh, Roland Martin is another person, you know, but he falls under that entertainment, you know, scope as well. Um, so just your everyday like civil or civic leaders, I couldn't call too many names outside of you know, Minister Fer uh, Farrakhan, right? Off top of my head. Now I could probably do some research and find some. Um, but I also think that from what I see, <clears throat> I think the center or the unifying point is mentorship. And I think that is what every progressive black man that I know, I think that's what everybody is centered around. And I think they may do it in different ways and in, in the communities that they are serving. But I really believe that the mentorship for the up and coming black male, getting them prepared for society and you know, all of the hurdles they may have to jump. Um, I think that's what we, we typically organize behind um, because we understand the importance of that bridge and understand the hurdles that we had to jump and not wanting our sons uh, to have to go through those same things, preparing them for life as it is. Lastly, I mean, there's, I just did a quick Google search on, you know, black men organizations or even conferences. And it seems to be a lot of them out there. Um, a, a, a good amount of them out here. Uh, where's this one? There's actually one in, in a, the 100 Black Men of America. I'm not sure how familiar, you know, we are, you know, with them, um, but they seem to be a large organization, different org they, different universities they, they, have them. They've been around, men. they've been around for years. Yeah, 500 role models, all of, there's a bunch of them. Right, so when we have these organizations, and again, this is part of that actualization piece for me because the only reason I'm looking at it now is because I really feel a sense or a pull towards being that uh, community leader, leader of the household, civic leader in general. Um, I really feel that now because when you know better, you do better. And when you have that knowledge, you want to pass it on. So ways to be involved. That's why I started listening to, you know, where do we go from here? Um, I started looking at uh, there was a, uh, what was I looking at? Um, the Urban League and the, uh, the Black Agenda 2020 or State of the Black Union, I, I think is what they do. Um, just to see where these organizations who are supposed to be leading us, you know, where, what direction are they pointing, are he heading in? What, what analyses are they doing and, and seeing what, what the pain points are and how they're bridging or filling those gaps and holes? So you, a lot of these organizations, whether they're new, newer, or they've been around for years, when, you, when we look at the reach of what they can do in the sheer number of people that are involved, um, some of them are are actually held as a a esteem piece or a, a I've I've earned it right. I've done so much, so I've been asked to be a part of. I've been nominated, brought into this this fold, or asked to be a five a part of the five thousand role models here in in South Florida or wherever other community members you got, in whatever city you got. But the, our our biggest problem is that that's a select group of people. My opinion, that's a select group that has limited reach. Right, so five thousand role models is not going to be in every single school unless a sponsor steps up in that school to to sponsor the program and get the boys involved. Um, all these other mentorship programs that are out here, they're great. I'm not downplaying them any because we need it as much as possible. But what we're lacking is again that 
and I think it was Ian, I can't remember who said it, I'm, I'm trying to process it all, is going back to what is that unifying factor um, that's going to get, no matter if you're part of this group, this group as a whole, we still have a whole lot of work to do. And it starts off with you having that, that thing that you want to dig deeper and get more information. But if you don't have the internal spark to go out and look for those type of things and you don't see it on a regular basis, that's not the norm, right? You're not going to go out and just, you may think my community is messed up, but how many people are come to that self-actualization as they put movement behind it, put action behind it? That's the part where if we don't see it or we don't have people out there doing it or have some type of way to promote better uh, or get more people involved, that's when we're going to drop, we keep dropping the ball. When we have a situation like, um, <clears throat> I mean, think about the end of last year going to this year, the biggest thing I think about, we talked about the acceptance of different hairstyles, facial hair, all that stuff in the workplace. And yeah, that can be played up, played down, it doesn't really matter. But when you talk about how does that trickle down to our youth? Well, that's okay in the workplace, but you still have um, DeAndre Arnold in Texas who is telling he can't graduate this year because he won't cut his dreads because it's against co uh, dress code policy, school policy, right? And that's just one case that's made like national headlines. Um, but there's many other things like that around that. We've talked about a few of them before. We've talked about on, on the podcast, but when you have things like that, that from a male perspective, a young black male perspective, like I, I understand the attitude that the world is against me, right? I don't, right. I don't necessarily subscribe to it 100%, but I understand how they can be when every move is scrutinized, everything you do has got to be <clears throat> the, your interaction with people, your, your, your approach to somebody on the street versus um, another counterpart from another race. Like all these things are scrutinized. And yeah, in our own rights, in our own industries, we've put in the work and our work and our background, our history speaks for itself. But some, somebody who has not had that a chance to do that is not just an accepted thing right at this point in time. Um, and we, we still got a long way to go as far as, okay, how do we start and think about our, our, the sons, the young men that we have a part of, that are just a part of us in this group right here. Like, when we, will we be comfortable saying that our, our sons are gonna be accepted um, for the clothes they, they wear, the music they listen to, um, the, the, the car they drive, whatever the case may be, when they go from different community to community as they grow old. No, we're still teaching these lessons of how to survive while being black to youth. And until we can get past that, how, how to just survive and make it to the next day, make it to the next year, make it, out of, make it out of the community or whatever the next step is, we're in survival mode. Until we move out of survival mode, and I don't want to call it survival to thrival, but it's really survival to existing. That, that sense of survival, my opinion, and again, what I see even in young kids, young kids period faces, it's surviving everything that's going on in the world around them that they really have no control in, but they have, a, they have an opinions about. But we're not really moving towards a place where we're setting examples if they don't know, if they don't know uh, the young men know about the fraternities and the things that every fraternity is represented here is doing out in the communities. Because I'm sure they have mentoring programs, they have all these things. If they're not part of that or exposure to one of us um, in our, our, our media circle, 
if they're not in a in a school where they're going to be exposed to all this stuff, it's just by chance, happen chance that we're, we're expecting it, it may happen, or our kids may be better off because of just the uh, examples we show. And and we're still leaving a lot to just chance. My personal opinion. So two things, and hopefully I don't forget the second. Um, I think the measuring rod of that Texas situation, it's in the response. And I didn't follow it close enough to see what it was, but I can say from personal experience that if that had, like there was a case in Virginia that ended up being a non-case, but in that minute moment in time, you know, that was just a couple of hours away. And I'm literally ready to get in the car and jump down and go down and, and speak on behalf of whoever or organize or, or get with people to, because it does it, those type of policies don't make any sense. And if something like that were in my immediate surrounding or were to happen in my immediate surrounding, there's no question I would be, if not at the forefront, definitely close to it to get either the policy changed or we have to look about, look at how we reorganize this system because obviously, you know, it's obvious that we are, like you say, in survival mode and just existing. And even in that case in Texas, that's probably the best school for that young man to go to. I saw his mom speak. I don't know. I don't really remember seeing a father figure speak on that situation. Um, not to say that he's not, he's not present or whatever. I just don't remember seeing it, mm-hmm. but if she's doing the best she can, and that's the best opportunity for a child, I can absolutely understand it. However, it shouldn't just be her, you know, giving an interview. And so when there's no community aspect, which I think Carol may have spoken to earlier, then this is why, this is when those issues persist. You know, we didn't get to where we were in, you know, Alabama, you know, after the Montgomery bus boycotts and things of that nature by just sitting and existing in it. You know, we have to be active. And I think that, you know, that's the measuring rod in any any of these situations. well, not to not to bust your second point, but to dig in a little bit with the 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 lock situation. I think one of the good things about it was that it was exposed and it was discussed. While we have to see what the ramifications will lead to, but it it became a real topic, and there was um there were people who were, were seeking, you know, not just more information, but, you know, pointing out the injustice um, that, that it was. And while it isn't, um, BJ is a thousand percent correct in the, the terms of we are in survival mode, there is the aspect of we are being, we are in a place where we are, of course, not nearly where we need to be, but steps are still being taken and band-aids are still being ripped off that are exposing and allowing these conversations to um, take place on a more national scale, which is causing more of these issues to be exposed and and the, the, the needle push towards figuring out ways to get us past survival mode ultimately. Your second point, I don't want to make you miss it. No, and and good. I I can build on that and not lose it in my head. When you say survival mode, um, do you you feel like you're operating in survival mode currently? Is that did I hear that correctly, BJ? I, b- I believe we the black male is operating okay. Survival the mode. black male is operating survival mode, and you know That's there's right. a a spectrum that that comes along with that. Um, so if you go to like you know the middle of the spectrum, closer to the higher end, where we kind of sit and 
look at it, you know, because we operate in survival mode every day, most of us anyway, especially if you're working in corporate America um, under those guidelines and pressures and such. But we operate in it, and I, I feel like that when we're forced to be in those situations, forced to be four times better and, you know, always on time and things of that nature, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure that's put on us, but we end up creating diamonds in, in, in all of that. Um, when you talk about, you know, preparing our, our men, young men, to live in this society, it's unfortunate. And I do agree that, you know, we won't see true progress until we can move the needle past, you know, knowing how to interact with the police or knowing to turn your music down when you're riding through certain neighborhoods so you don't attract certain, you know, types of attention or being mindful of your surroundings, you know, wherever you go. Um, but that's just preparation for the world. You would prepare your child, you know, for anything that they, you know that they're going to have to encounter. Um, it is defeating in a sense when you have to deal with it alone. And that brings me back to that Texas situation because if that young man has no support or no one to look, look to that looks like him to help him through that situation, it is going to be defeating. But luckily enough, I think a lot of the grassroots efforts that go on in our inner cities by these local organizations and smaller brand organizations to really give the, the youth something to look at to kind of combat some of the issues that they, you know, are faced to deal with on a daily basis. And unfortunately enough, you know, you can't just swoop up everybody in one basket and, you know, take them to the promised land. A lot of people choose to stay in the circumstances that they're in. Um, but I, I think that the efforts to uplift those communities in different regards, um, I don't know, they, they put us in a better position and I think us as men just have to be a lot more intentional about the actualization piece um, in, in that regard to continue to push it forward. Because I, I do agree, I'm not saying that we are by any means, you know, we, we have arrived. I think that's quite clear um, through all of us, but I think that those steps towards that are definitely being taken. And I, you know, I don't think anybody can argue. I would argue against the statement that we are in a, similar there is no progress being made i can't say that we you know come all the way out and that it's not very similar to what it was 10 20 30 years ago um but i do think that the steps are being taken and i think if we look at the power that we yield across a spectrum of different arenas and actually wield it we'd be much better for it actually right i i definitely that last the last leg of that conversation made complete sense and I definitely think that we are missing something and I, I'm saying that because I just finished watching Who Killed Malcolm X and great that great doc. amazing but um, the thing that's missing I think right now for us is that there is no like Carol said earlier there's no message there's no movement everything now is a reactive state um, we're, we're moving forward and I, I will say that we've done some, some definitely some big things um, but it's still in a reaction to or because of. Um, and I think now you said that March on Selma and the boycott, all that stuff was planned. Something happened, but that stuff still, there was an organizational plan of action to say, hey, this is what we're going to do to move these things, make change in this 
this arena or this aspect. It wasn't just, oh, someone was shot, God forbid, and now we're going to go march and then we'll go on Twitter, we'll do what we're going to do, and then we'll come back home again. Um, we need to do something that's actually going to make a dramatic change. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Black Wall Street documentary whenever that actually comes out or a movie. Um, but I think that might help spark some things, but we need, we need some movement, some, some group, some body, something to stand out that um, the world will fear that if this person or this group makes this change for all of black men, then the dominance will change. And, and that's what I think is, is the missing factor um, right now. And I don't know how or who or what to do to that. I can't do that. I don't have the, the capability to understand that I can share my message, but there needs to be somebody who can be our face and really make us all get together and kind of go for it. Go ahead, Kay. But I think that's the issue right there, what you just said. The fact that you just said you don't think you have the capability to do it, I think that's a vast majority of us are sitting there saying the same thing. We don't have the capability to do it. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, you watch Who Killed Malcolm X. I'm on episode five. I'm not done yet. Um, but I think that same thing is still something that maybe not the world, but maybe the country is aware of as far as like that black messiah, like, we don't want that black messiah to rise up and unite the black male. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's what they've done a good job of historically making sure to put them out of commission. And I think have done, um, have made that settle into exactly what has happened, right? Where it's, it's that between the feeling of, Oh, I can't do it myself and the feeling of like, man, I'm, I'm intimidated of doing that myself that it's, it's left everybody like, Oh, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to, you know, fully go out there. Right. And because of, look, look the, the tactics, right? And without even seeing who killed Malcolm X, we, we, we all know the tactics, right? It's very easy for them to come and lock you up and say that you did this or you did that. Or, you, or they lock you up and you just never make it out. Yep. Right? You get killed. Um, there's so many things put out there that they kind of maintain that, that fear factor. For that man, it ain't Just even worth enough. it. I'm not even, I'm not yeah. even gonna get myself involved, right? Um, uh, even looking at, go ahead, sir. I say, and that's because we we talk, and we talk about the progress or, or the the wins that we've had over the years, and and no matter what time frame you put it on. But again, when you look at that's a minute number of people compared to the vast majority of changes that we need to happen, right? It's not, it's not the thing on the grand scale where these, the, the laws that are in place, the rules are in place for this kid in Texas, the what, whatever case would be, the, the Black Messiah rise up, whatever the case would be, there are ways written into legal documents that people just happen to disappear or become killed or is missing. And what's done to them is illegal, but that people are hiding, right? And there's a higher system in place, for lack, for lack of a, a description of exactly what that, that entails, a system where when you still have to defend things like our hair, a, a hairstyle, 
shouldn't be a, dis, a discriminatory piece to keep somebody from walking to school. If that's the biggest fight, if that's the, the prominent fight, the most public thing out there right now, we've missed the boat. But it's deeper than that. And that's where I come, that's where I go back to the point about wielding the power that we have. <laughs> I think that we're realizing it slowly, but surely, but realizing, you know, what power we hold in all of those things. Everything, the answers to all of our problems <laughs> as black people come through economic politics. And when, and when people rise up in, in the economic field, there's, there's some, you're great. But in general, when people try to try to raise themselves um, in economics or even politics, what happens? Either some, either people try to scare them out of it, or there's some scandal behind it, try to bring bring up some stuff, whatever. And there's always a system in the background working to tear you down, versus um, the collective efforts to keep you up. It happened this week. The the lady with the um. Was it Honeypot? Yeah. The um the, the thing at Target. She had her line um start sold at Target. They picked her up. I think this is last month they started selling it, whatever. I'm gonna look up the exact name in a minute. I think it was Honeypot though. Yeah, and, I think you're right. She started she started it started doing really well. And then this lady started getting like racist message and everything. Just because it's a black owned business being being um highlighted in tar in Target. And Target has made it known that they're trying to promote um, Black-owned business. Now, um, yeah, yeah, the beer company just got promoted by Target. I just got an email the other day. Um, Scotch Porter? Scotch Porter. Target just picked them up. Like, so there's companies out there, there's people out there in, at these companies that are, have the right idea or trying to move things forward. Whether it's for profits, whether it's for them, it's an opportunity, right? You take the opportunity and you make it into something bigger. Right. But when you, I mean, when you said you try to do something financially and it's still like you're not, because of the color of skin, you're not worthy. You shouldn't even have this. You shouldn't be in this field. You shouldn't have well, What a, does that even mean? The table. But hold on. But before we get to that point, this is, the, I think that the boycott, which right now is considered a, a racist boycott. I just looked it up and you're right. It is honeypot. Um, is a good thing. One, because... We shouldn't say, okay, that's fine. We know it's in Target, but we're only going to buy all those products because we have more money to spend on those products and we well, can we say, sure, you can take what you want. One, but one we're now going to invest, since you want to boycott her and pull her out of there, we're going to change the mindset and we're going to make this an even bigger part of Target because now we're going to buy it and make it bigger and make them have to make more space for it and all be sold out. So I, I hope that it's on Team Bulk and it's on all these, um, you know, other media platforms that are probably bring out the worst part of it. But I look, I want BET, I want, you know, Inspire Magazine to say, hey, this is a problem. If you need these products, here you can find them. They're still on shelves and highlight it to turn narrative because the narrative we're seeing is racist boycott. Don't buy this. Now we're like, oh crap, it's going to go away. But it doesn't have to go away if we're buying it. We're making sure that they're staying on the stores and shelves. At the end of the day, the, the money is probably the larger motivating factor, you know, for this, in, this, this entity. And the resistance, I mean, you're going to get resistance in whatever it is you do, whether it's racial or otherwise. So I, I can't subscribe. I, underst I can understand, you know, being, we're going to get resistance to anything we do. It's not a blanket statement that everybody's going to get resistance. 
we're gonna it's get fine. Through. Even even though we've we've had resistance, I can't subscribe. Even though I understand to uh, succumbing to said resistance. If anything, I'm going to be on social media pushing the message. As Art says, I'm going to be trying to get media outlets. I'm going to make this a larger issue for the smaller group of people who may be a part of a larger group of people to let them know that you know you're not going to intimidate me in this fashion, and I'm going to show you just how strong a presence we or I can have and wield that power. Again, it's all about taking control over the situation. I don't disagree with you. I, I don't think everybody is that, has the longevity to survive that, that fight. We've been doing it for 400 years. I feel like the docile, like nature, you know, I'm not saying that you gotta be out here wielding the ax and everything to get your point across. But at some point in time, you, you, you get pushed, you got to push back. Um, yeah. That, that's just that. And Listen. I mean, and again, that's not for it may not be for everybody, but that's just my outlook um, on life at its present time. You know, if I get pushed, I'm pushing back and whatever, wherever the chips may fall, they fall. But operating out of that sense of fear, I don't have space for it. Our black dollar goes very, very far, and we have started using it for what it's worth. And I think that's, that's we talked about this maybe nine months ago about black and how important it is. And, and especially the black man's dollar, where it gets pulled so many ways um, into so many other industries. This is, this is how it works. Like we have to start with that $1, how many times it can, it can rotate inside of an incubator to help things grow. So yeah, the, the outlet is, pro is going through Target, but then the end result is gonna be Honeycomb. Honeycomb is gonna spark a new young lady or a new man to want something honey similar. Honeypot, sorry, Honeypot. Will spot or spark something new for someone else to do, and now it's another one. It's just all these things circle in, and we gotta just say like, okay, that's fine, but we gotta do what we gotta do. So the dollar is stronger than any word we can, we can express. And once your dollar talks, that's when you, that's when movement happens. There it is. I'm sorry, I gotta start wrapping this thing up, man. But great conversation, fellas. Uh, Art, am I coming to you first for? You can sure, yeah. Talk about my my roller coaster of days. Um, so hold on, and then we got the fresh evasion, and then Coach K gonna close us out. Yeah. There it is. All, All right. right. Uh, so I will write, I'll make mine a, a quickie and I'll lead it on to part two next week. Um, but this week, uh, so we're talking about the, the, uh, the state, the state of the black man, um, the ability to, to know that you need love is something that I think sometimes gets missing from the black man's aspect. Um, be it any partner you have, you need to make sure that you remind yourself that you can have all the fun you want alone, um, but it's nothing like having someone there with you through rough, thick, thin, matter what it, matter what it may be. Um, and I just noticed this when I saw a movie and it sparked my attention that, you know what, we, we need to, to show love and happiness and not just um, put up a hard front to maintain and carry the weight, which we do every day. But it's very nice to put that weight down and just get a hug from somebody. So open yourself up to allow you to receive happiness um, after you've been blocking you your guard up and your shield on armor all day long. You should be able to come home to a partner, 
uh, children, whatever it may be, and allow yourself to just be happy. Um, we always fight so much outside. Uh, we should be able to come home and put our guard down at some point in time. So try your best to at some point during the day when you're home after work or after whatever it may be, uh, just enjoy yourself and enjoy what's around you and your happiness and then make movement tomorrow for the next step. But take time for yourself. Absolutely. Art, you remind me of that every opportunity you get. And I'm trying to hold on to that message. <laughs> I'm trying. It's tough. Don't worry. <laughs> Fresh evasions. What you got, baby? Um, we're gonna go ahead and in uh piggyback. Oh, wait, are we doing ladies love for us this week? We we could run some ladies. I, I don't really have no, I haven't had no uh I ain't have I haven't had no no um <laughs> don't worry, one you in your bag like you did that one time. Way. Nobody yeah. had, ain't nobody <laughs> hit me up with no how come you doing this? So we're gonna have to hold off. Um but piggybacking off of arts happiness um statement. I seek happiness more and more within my mind and less and less through material pleasures. I know my internal happiness is the greatest gift I can give the world. So I encourage everyone out there to work as hard as possible on being able to not only find that love like Art discussed, but also finding your own internal happiness. When you can create a, a space of happiness within, it allows you to re resonate it without um, and, and into the universe and come back to you a hundredfold. So make sure to do that, seek that, be that. Um, we out here is Freservation Hollow. I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Before I go to you, to Coach K, to close us out, man, I want to remind everybody you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, catch the videos on YouTube and Vimeo, as Fresh will never let us forget. Uh, follow us on all social media platforms at 13th Floor, please. Coach K, what you got? Um, man, this is a tough one because I want to close this out, but I want to close it out talking to black males, knowing that our podcast is primar primarily supported by black females, mm -hmm. right? Which is yet another just proof of evidence of, man, here's something that we do that we're 130 some episodes in and we're still mainly supported by black females, which we, we, we definitely appreciate that. But I'm going to challenge them this week to say, look, there's some brothers out there that don't know that they're brothers like us that have these type of conversations. Um, and sometimes you get this, this type of conversation in the barbershop to a degree, but outside of that, where is this conversation happening? Maybe it's happening in, lodges maybe it's happening at fraternity meetings maybe but to a larger degree i would say even within those organizations you have the same microcosm of there's some brothers that they're in it because they wanted to unify and they wanted to do things and then there's some brothers that just got into it just to get some letters or to get recognition or to be a part of something but aren't really um, upholding the core values per se right so what I would challenge you all to do is go out there and tell three black males about the 13th floor and invite them to come listen. And you know how we are, we're stubborn. If you just tell them to listen, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. Or yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll follow it. But then they don't ever listen. So here, here, here's the added extra to that challenge. 
listen to it with them. Mm. Right? And then ask them what their perspective is. Right? And send the link to the podcast to three, four, five black males that you know just so that we can see what, 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 what their opinion is. And then for those black males that do listen, I'm going to ask you, what is it that you can do? Can you start a podcast? Can you start a mentorship program? Can you find somebody to go talk to to find out how you can get them more active um, as a black male, how you can get them to be uh, in more recognition of what their, their capability is? Because that's where it starts. And if you look at it, you know, we were talking about um, what they do to people that start popping up as black males in leadership. Um, there's probably a reason why Minister Farrakhan has been banned from all social media pretty much at this point, right? Even though I have some questions now, is Minister Farrakhan a, a FBI plant? But anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> the, the, the real truth of this whole thing is, look, we don't know who the next person is going to be, right? So since we don't know, why don't you start with you? Right. Why don't you see what you can do? Why don't you leave us some comments and say, hey, I'd like to connect with y'all. Or I have this that if you guys could promote it, uh, I'd appreciate it. Because from brother to brother, that's what we want to do. And we want to make people know that, hey, we are, are here and we are trying to change things and we are trying to step up into our responsibility, step up and hold each other accountable. That's what we want to do. So we want to hear from you. Sisters, we need your support and spreading it out to the other to the other black males out there. And um, look, together, we can make anything happen. But we can make it happen quickly if we need to. I'm done. Mm. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views, they are Amazing. 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 Amazing.